From Moses, the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, this is the In Her Boots podcast, a show about women cultivating the sustainable and organic agriculture movement and how she does it. My name is Lisa Kiverest, and I founded and lead the award-winning Moses In Her Boots project, providing training, resources, and support for women farmers. I'm a farmer myself, running in serendipity with my family in Wisconsin, and I'm the author of Soil Sisters, a toolkit for women farmers. The In Her Boots podcast celebrates the collaborative spirit of us women farmers and all women working to transform our food system and steward our land, sharing ideas and inspiration with each other. Whether you're a woman with a dream of starting your own farm or already have your hands deep in the soil, there's something for you here. During these winter months, we're casting our interview net a bit wider, still talking to women farmers and also other women playing a variety of roles in organic food and farming, from agency women, authors and activists to entrepreneurs. Typically, you'll hear a series of interviews with the same woman over two months, with a new episode released every other Friday through the winter. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss anything. Join April Prusia of Dorothy's Range in Blanchardville, Wisconsin, as we talk about her experiences recently diversifying her farm business plan to include hosting farm-to-table events that showcase her meat. From getting her catering license to successfully pulling off a first event, April shares her insider advice and insight as a farm-to-table startup. We are at Dorothy's Range here in southern Wisconsin with the mighty April Prusia, who doesn't live too far from me here in our Wisconsin farmhood, right? So uh, I get to cross paths and cross pollinate with April frequently, but thank you for inviting us over to talk one of your favorite topics, I know, (laughs) pigs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've been doing the pigs for a couple of years, but you're always somebody who is always looking for new ideas and wanting new challenges and and, and freshness. You are. <laughs> oh, yes, you are. I have evidence. As evident this past year, because you got on the farm to table bandwagon and are starting to do on farm dinners mm-hmm. at your place, featuring your pork. Yeah. Yes. So what, what first sparked that? Because that's a related, I know, but still a whole new arena. Sure, sure. I think part of it is, is just feature being able to serve people, make people happy with local ingredients, um, but also featuring the pork the way that I want to feature it. I feel like oftentimes people uh, overcook pork or try to remove the fat from the pork. So just being able to uh, provide the product to them in the way that I find most delicious um, and and just sharing that experience. That's interesting because you would you argue then that at a lot of places, even a, perhaps a fine restaurant, they don't handle the pork right or um, not or, necessarily. or people are expecting it a certain way yeah I feel uh, that's something I also tell people at the farmer's market when I sell them a pork chop I say don't overcook it don't overcook it uh, because we've just it's been drilled into us to cook 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 our pork um, and and just the idea of like when you do pulled pork pulling off all that fat I feel like the fat is where the flavor's at so if I'm gonna serve a shoulder I want to keep some of that fat in there so uh, just little things like that. Also, I really like playing with with herbs and bringing all those different uh, flavors together and um, feel like I want to share that with more people. Uh, uh-huh. it's, it's an art, I feel like, and just... Oh, yeah. Um, it doesn't really 
serve me as well if I'm not sharing it. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, so what were some of the steps you needed to go through? Because you approach things smartly in that you you did some of the catering and some of the licensing we can talk mm-hmm. about, but you didn't go straight to investing in a commercial kitchen on the mm-hmm. farm. So what was some of the first steps when you decided to take this seriously? Or I think if I recall right, there were local friends of yours who will <laughs> remain nameless who uh, said, hey, with our Soul Sisters tour, we would love to do a farm table dinner and how would you like to host? Sure. And a deadline always prompts things, I realize too. But but what were some of the first steps to be able to legally sell prepared food, which is a whole other category, yeah. I realize, that depending on where you live and what state may have different regulations, but kind of takes it into a new ballpark, right? Right, right. And I think that first, that first of all, I had to figure out what do I need to do? And um, just, I feel like in the last few years, just asking, just asking right away, like, this is what I want to do. How do I do it? And so I reached out to DadCap and um, and that's our Department of Ag. Trade and Consumer yep. Protection. Yeah. And um, was just directed uh, through a series of questions to figure out where I fitted it uh-huh. into to it all. So basically um, reached out to a woman in our community that runs a little cafe and she doesn't, she's not open at night and um, asked if I could rent her kitchen and, and oh. it, that went really well. So uh, the, a certifier came out, even though her kitchen was already certified. Uh, certified her kitchen and for what you're doing for what I'm doing exactly I came to learn that I needed to have a I had a retail uh, license to sell pork and I have a mobile license to sell pork but I had to get an additional license to sell pork to myself oh of course so I had had to get um, I'm a meat broker now it didn't cost anything but someone had to come out and uh, make sure I was familiar with you know, the safety of transporting pork and that everything had its proper safety or safe food handling stickers on all my products. And um, so that was something that kind of took me huh. by surprise. Very serious too, looking through my my freezer, very serious. And, uh, and then I also just had to pay a fee for basically a temporary restaurant license. So um, if I want to use a kitchen. I just give Diane a heads up, and um, and she's more than willing to work with me. Uh, and she's worked with other women in our community too, which is is really nice. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. So the bottom line is, you could start this on farm food service venture without taking on debt or nominal, if anything, cost wise. Sure. Yeah, it did cost a little over a thousand dollars to get my licensing. Um, but now I know that I'm legit and everything's okay. I'm still working with my insurance guy about having, um, dinners on the, sure. in the barn, but, uh, it, it, it feels really doable and yeah. I've done it. What wow. training did you need to go through? Was there like a, uh-huh. cause you, your license is officially a caterer. Is that, um, they, I don't think, uh, um, uh, food licensed or oh, whatever uh, yeah, processor. <laughs> There's different technologies, yeah. but you needed the, the point is too, that in this case, the state agency was helpful and responsive to work yes. with as far as navigating you through the process. Yep. Yep. And right. if somebody wanted to serve more to than hear. more than 50 people, they would have a different license than me. So everyone okay. has a, a little different. If somebody wanted to do a pizza farm, it would be actually a less of a license than what I, I went through. Yeah, because, I mean, it, it, you are cooking meat, so there's the food safety issues mm-hmm. with it and things that there might be more 
hurdles, I would think, if you were sure. just doing vegetarian pizza. Sure. Perhaps. Well, the deal with the pizza is it's all, if you've touched it with your bare hands, you're cooking it and it goes out to the person without you ever touching it after it's heated to ah, a okay. safe um, safe serving yeah. temperature. And and I did have to go through uh, a serve safe course as well mm. that teaches you about proper hand washing and, you sure. know, the danger zone for bacteria and, and different things that you want to do in your kitchen to make sure that your food is safe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. But you didn't find the whole process burdensome or just one step at a time. It one like. step at a time. Yeah. And that's that's actually was really good for me to do because I don't always do well with one step at a time. I just want to dive in. So uh, <laughs> I hear you. Uh, it was it was really good for me. And to have the audience of the Soil Sisters to um to cook for was was yeah. pretty special. Have an as event well. to test things mm-hmm. out. So what um so now you use the kitchen in your town by Mm -hmm. you, which has another good positive layer to it, right? I Mm -hmm. mean, as far as a lot of us who live in small rural areas, we can help support other businesses by renting kitchens, right? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Because that's a big cost that, unfortunately, I've heard of too many stories where farms invest, because the whole farm to table thing is so hot and we're going to do this. But when you're carrying whatever, a $50,000 or more debt load with Mm -hmm. the kitchen, that's a lot to pay off unless you're a restaurant open every night. Definitely. And yeah. this way you can plan your own schedule, right? Mm-hmm. Now you, I know for a fact you do have a lovely barn, a uh, restored barn on your farm where you mm-hmm. can do those kind of dinners. Mm-hmm. But um, but what were some of the key learnings? So you had your first event. You had something, what, like 40-something people, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. For a, a full course meal, an evening experience, right? Yes. Yeah. Being the host, the cook, and the farmer. Yeah. So it was kind of, it was a lot. It was really exciting. Um, I learned a lot about having um, good helpers. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say, what are some soil of sisters key, there? Yeah. Um, Insights. And to have have everything as much done as possible, and everyone says that, but, it, you know, even to the point where I know this bowl holds eight cups of food, you know, knowing those specifics really? and, and counting every single utensil that you have and every serving spoon for every dish on every table. Um, fun little things like that. Just you don't want to deal with those at the last minute. So it's all organized. Yeah. So yeah. what did you serve on your first? Um, we did uh, pulled pork uh, with a couple homemade sauces, like a rhubarb sauce, um, a zingy rhubarb sauce, and um uh, barbecue sauce made with mostly local ingredients, which was pretty exciting. Um, and then uh, I did some um, French beans cooked with in the bacon grease with uh, bacon crumbles on top. Oh, nice. That was really special. A little lemon in there. Uh, I threw off um, the modern farmer girls. They couldn't figure out what there was a special <laughs> ingredient and there was just lemon. Um, <laughs> okay. And potato salad and uh, um, eggs from the chicken, deviled eggs from the chicken, um, homemade mayonnaise from the eggs from the chickens with local sunflower oil. So you did um, some other local sourcing for absolutely. other ingredients. Yeah, yeah that was fun. Uh, some landmark yeah. cheese with some heirloom tomatoes. It was, it was really fun. Yeah. yeah. And you served things family style, right? Or how did, yeah. how did yeah. that look like? 
Yeah, we had, um, I think we had five different tables and we, yep, we just had five lovely Soil Sister servers that each took ownership of a table and um, it was, it was all family style. Everybody got a bowl of beans at the same time. Everybody got their bowl of pork at the same time. Uh, it flowed really nicely and, and then it gives people a chance to get to know strangers because I think yeah. some of the best things happen when you just start talking to <laughs> the unknowns. <laughs> How fun. But, but that also too, on one logistic level, made it easier of not oh, plating yes. and people could, it probably too indirectly eliminated food waste, right? Because if somebody, they could take what they needed yes. or yep. uh, if they didn't like something, it wasn't wasted. I think so. Yes. Yeah. yeah. For your your next event or coming off of this one, what what are some key learnings? What would you do differently? Um, it's tricky to have the food complete in the kitchen and then and to bring it onto the farm. So just really recognizing, you know, I think the next event we'll do will be some Taco Tuesdays and just how how can that taco, how can the meat taste perfect right? you know, an hour after it's yeah, at the farm or the tomatoes. Sure, sure. Yeah. So that, those are little tricks I have to maybe just play around with a bit more. Uh, yeah. I'm, it's Schedules. very fresh. It's very fresh for me. I'm, I'm still learning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the bottom line is you successfully did it mm-hmm. and there are people who wanted to come and buy tickets and enjoy that experience, but you did it in a smart way where you could dabble, right? I mean, you yeah. could test things out and you're not taking on heaps of debt or infrastructure that you may or may not need. That's right, yeah. And most importantly, too, showcasing your product. Yeah, yeah. Because I bet in the long term, there'll be synergy between your customers and your dinners or vice versa. I hope so, yeah. 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 yeah well, yeah. and I got to share with them, you know, a story of the pig and got to share the pigs with them prior to them eating their dinner and so tell them. a little farm tour yeah. and a talk and uh, yeah. pig walk. Yeah, that's that's pretty special. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's great because I think it takes a special person, a special farmer particularly, to thrive on that sort of energy because it's so different, right, than being out in the field or being with your pigs or, or whatnot, but it allows you to, like you were saying, control the process. Yeah, yeah, and educate folks. That's, yeah. Yeah. Teach, teach, yeah. teach, and share. Excellent. Thank you, April. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to our In Her Boots podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Kiverest, with the Moses In Her Boots project. This episode's audio engineer was Liam Kiverest of TechSocket.net. The podcast was brought to you by the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, MOSES. The mission of MOSES is to educate, inspire, and empower farmers to thrive in a sustainable organic system of agriculture. For more information on MOSES, in her boots, and a bounty of organic resources, check out mosesorganic.org.